Good evening. We're thankful you're here this evening and for the few moments we have to study together. Thankful for the day we've had so far today. Hopefully you have had an encouraging day so far, even on your own or possibly with your own family, and certainly being here as part of the body of the family here at Saudi. It's always uh, fun sometimes to begin our services with a good laugh, even if there's college football involved there at the beginning. That's all right. We can forgive Don for that. If you've got your Bibles this evening, you can be turning to the book of 3 John. 3 John. If you've got your outline or your uh, bulletin with you there, you'll see sort of an outline of where we're going this evening. I had one vote for an extra page in the uh, extra page in the bulletin this morning for the preacher to get more notes in there. So uh, Faith warned me, though, that I'm very careful the song leaders will revolt against me if I'm not careful, and they won't leave me any room for any notes. Uh, but I, I appreciate that. I've been back through some of the old bulletins uh, over the last few weeks or so, being in the office some, and looked at some of what Bill has done before, and appreciate that kind of encouragement and the opportunity to follow along with the lesson, hopefully, and, and keep up with where we're going and have an idea of some things you can take with you. And tonight, we want to take a look at a few moments for a, from a few verses from 3 John. That is, 3 John, 3 John only, chapter 1 here, beginning with verse 1 at the beginning of the book here. The elder... To the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, I'll confess something. I don't remember where I heard this lesson or this outline, first of all, but, but I borrowed it from someone or, or heard this lesson uh, this lesson from verse 2 in particular just, uh, is where we're going to take the lesson from. If you're familiar with this short few verses here in the book of Third John, you're probably familiar with verse 4. And there's nothing wrong with that. That just is the verse that we hear a lot of times. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. But I, again, heard this outline of this lesson once before and thought it would be something good for us to consider the idea of what comes from verse number two there. We'll begin with a question. Have you ever been paid a compliment before? Of course, we would hope that everyone here tonight at some point in time has been paid some sort of compliment. A lot of times we enjoy the physical or the compliments maybe on physical appearances or things that we've done. Uh, efforts that we've made, somebody to say that was a good job, or we appreciate your effort, or you look very nice today, or any number of things, we like a compliment like that. We enjoy compliments. But you know, if we think about the Bible, and we think about some spiritual matters, we try to make application tonight, there are some spiritual compliments. There are some spiritual compliments, and some that would, we would be more than happy to have said about us. You think about a funeral. A lot of times in a funeral, there are good things that are said about the person who has passed away, and rightfully so, if they had lived a good life. But sometimes we hear those spiritual compliments, if you will. Something like, she was the salt of the earth, or she was the light of the world. You might hear that said about somebody, and you think, you know, I would like for that to be said about me. That's something encouraging. Maybe you've heard it said about someone before that he has the patience of Job. You say it that way, that's kind of interesting there to think about. And that kind of gives us a compliment as well. That's something that we would want to be said about us. But what does John say here in verse number 2 again? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul 
prospers. Not only do we think about spiritual compliments, but we think sometimes about this idea of prosperity. Prosperity. We live in a very prosperous nation, a very prosperous country. We are very blessed people, at least financially. Sometimes that creates more trouble for us. Uh, We may have not enough money or too much money. We spend it on the wrong things. But we live in a country that is very prosperous, and we're thankful for that when it comes to a, a financial type of way. But here, when John uses this idea, he says, I pray that you would prosper in all things and in your health, just as your soul prospers. Tonight, we want to think about the prosperity of your soul. What would that look like? Uh, we're going to come back to that question in just a moment, so don't, you don't have to think too hard on it right now. But what would that look like? What is the prosperity of your soul? You see, we look at people sometimes on the outside and we see what we think is the prosperity of their life or the prosperity of their work. Maybe they're, they're dressed very nicely. They've got the suit on or the, the nice dress. Maybe there's a, a nice fancy car out in the parking lot or maybe you go to somebody's house. They've got lots of things. Think about the prosperity of someone financially in this life. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Sinful in and of itself about having money or, or lots of money and being able to take care of yourself and your family. What about the prosperity of your soul? And when we make that application, that's a little something more to think about there. And again, we're going to come back to that question at the end. But tonight we want to think about three things, just kind of taking off and springboarding from verse number two here. Three things to help your soul prosper. Because that's really what matters, right? The person who dies with $5 million to their name or the person who dies with $5 to their name is still dead, of course, here upon this earth. What really matters is the prosperity of our soul. And tonight, let's begin by thinking about the desire to grow spiritually. How can you help your soul prosper? Well, everything we talk about tonight is going to have this idea of the word spiritual in it. What do we mean when we talk about spiritual things? Well, to be spiritual, I would submit to you, is to be heaven-minded. Heaven-minded. Think about godly things. So we should have the desire to grow spiritually. If you've got your Bible, look in Psalm chapter 42 for just a moment. Psalm 42, beginning in verse 1. If I started singing it for you, I think you would know it. Psalm 42 in verse 1. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Or so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And the psalmist continues on through there, but we'll pause or stop right there for our purpose this evening. That is a song we sing, sometimes with our teens and our young people, but sometimes in our assembly here as well. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. Do we mean that? Is that really the words that we're singing? Do we really practice that in our life? If we want to have the desire to grow spiritually, then we need to be be like that deer that is panting for the water. Uh, We understand that, especially here in the south where the deer are plentiful sometimes and and we we have people who hunt deer and that type of thing. But but maybe you can recall a time where you've just been thirsty, where you were panting, so to speak, for water, longing for something to quench your thirst. Is that the way we treat the Word of God? Is that the way we treat God? Do we long for Him in that same type of manner? You recall the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6 there at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. We call them the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Jesus says, Blessed are those who do what? Who hunger and thirst 
for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I would submit to you that we can tell a lot of times about a person who is well off financially. Can we tell the same thing about a person who is prospering in their soul or spiritually? Sometimes. Sometimes we stick out. Sometimes we stand out. That's something to consider as you go through your week. Are we really desiring to grow spiritually? Think about the words of Paul in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 2. Colossians chapter 3, excuse me, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Paul says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. It's a little difficult sometimes for us. Be the first person to admit that this little thing here kind of finds its way around in my pocket all the time. It's very easy sometimes when I'm bored or stop for two seconds to pull it out and start setting my mind on things that are on the earth more than things that are on above. Not necessarily harmful all the time, but we can easily find ourselves sort of taking all of our time in things that don't really matter, worrying about things that just sort of distract us instead of setting our minds on things above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. I think about the words of the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5 verses 12 through 14. When we're talking about the desire to grow spiritually, maybe this is the passage we could go to to really sum it up. Hebrew writer says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We, we really understand that application, don't we? We really understand the idea of a young child, a young child who gets only milk for a period of time, then even then steps up and progresses, maybe to what we would call baby food or some type of mashed food or something like that, all up until we have steak or some type of meat that's harder to chew. Uh, we really we grasp that. Even if you don't have a child in your home currently, you have been through that yourself. You've seen children or grandchildren or family members that have gone through that. If we want to see that our soul prospers, we need to desire to grow spiritually. Now, desire is an interesting thing. We've talked about that. I've talked with the elders a few times here uh, since we've begun here. And they've talked about, you know, the, the possibility of adding more men to the eldership in the coming years. And, and one thing that's come up time and time again is, of course, that a man would desire that. That he would want to serve in that way. To want something in that sense. Do we desire to grow spiritually? We talk a lot about our phones. I, there's nothing sinful here. There's no problem with, with pulling it up and jumping on Facebook for a few moments. But what do we really desire? If we want to see our soul prosper, we need to desire to grow spiritually. That comes with, of course, being in the Word, longing for God. All of these things that we've talked about in these few verses that we've looked at together this evening so far. Number two, we need to remove spiritual obstacles. We need to remove spiritual obstacles. I would ask you another question here. What is keeping you? What is keeping you from having a right relationship with the Father and the Son? That's a question that you have to answer. Just like it's a question that I have to answer every day 
when I get up. Every day as I go through my day, as we lay our head down at night, what it might be keeping me from having a right relationship with the Father and the Son. When we talk about removing spiritual obstacles, there could be any number of things that would affect each one of us in different ways. Maybe it is your job. Maybe it is an attitude or a disposition in your life. Maybe it is a personal possession or personal possessions that get in the way. Maybe it's a relationship of some sort that is getting in the way. When we talk about removing obstacles, what is it? What is it in your life that is keeping you from having a right relationship with the Father and the Son? We've mentioned this verse even recently, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33, the idea, of course, that Paul says, do not be deceived. Don't, don't even try to trick yourself. Don't fool yourself. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits or evil companions corrupt good morals or whatever version you may have in front of you. But the idea, of course, that we, who we surround ourselves with, who we spend our time with, could be an obstacle for us. When we think about what it is that's keeping us from having the right relationship with God the Father and Jesus the Son, it might be one of those relationships. And a lot of times we point it at what Paul says here, we think about our friends. But it could be a loved one, it could be a family member, it could be a spouse, it could be a boyfriend or girlfriend or any number of people that would be preventing us from having a right relationship. What about the book of Hebrews again? Hebrews chapter 12 this time. Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2. I love the first couple of verses here as they come. we come out of Hebrews chapter 11 and lead into Hebrews chapter 12, at least as it's designated for us in our Bibles. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I have a lesson that I've done before on these verses in and of themselves. The idea of losing weight. That's a sensitive subject sometimes, right? Losing weight. What, is, what does the Hebrew writer say here? We need to set aside the weight. We need to lay it aside and the sin which so easily ensnares us. The spiritual obstacles. What are they? Uh, They're numerous, and I can't speak for you just like you can't speak for me. The point is, we have to identify them. We have to do our best to remove them. We think about the words in Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 and 38, the words of Jesus there. We talked about this even this morning, this idea. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross... And follow after me is not worthy of me. When we think about removing spiritual obstacles, we have to set aside every weight in the sin that so easily ensnares us. Sometimes it's our own attitude. Sometimes it's our own mindset. We get in our own way. It's something that we just can't get past that that stops us. Sometimes it is relationships. Sometimes it is our possessions or our family or our children or our sports or any number of things. The point is, when we think about having our soul prosper, we have to set aside some things that might keep us from doing that. You make the application to a job, right? When we think about financial prosperity, a person who who can prosper in their job and, and thus receive lots of money for that potentially 
has a lot of times set aside their family, set aside their time, all those things to spend more time at the job, to climb the corporate ladder, to make more money. What about with ourselves and our spiritual prosperity, our soul prospering? Are we removing the things that would prevent us from from prospering? That's a hard question. And that's a question that only each one of us can answer from time to time as we try to consider this. But we need to not only desire to grow spiritually, but secondly tonight, remove spiritual obstacles. And then in the third place, we need to remember spiritual disciplines. Remember spiritual disciplines. We don't like the word discipline a lot, right? We think, of course, about disciplining a child or being disciplined by our work or or even in some type of position that we're in. Even when we set that aside, the discipline that it takes sometimes to accomplish something, whether that's exercise or something like that, we, we don't like that idea of spirit or discipline, much less spiritual discipline. But I know you've studied that here recently. I know even Harrison went through some lessons earlier in the year that talked about some of these spiritual disciplines. But when we think about that, there are any number of things we could look to. We think about attending the services of the Lord's church, not just being here. I love it when you're here. I love it when we're here together. But if you're here and you're sitting in the pew, just taking up space, and you're not doing much good then either. We talk sometimes about being here, being here, being here. You should be here. But not just to sit here and take up space, but to participate. Active worship. Worshiping together. Singing to encourage one another. What about the taking of the Lord's Supper? Is that something that we take very seriously? That we consider when we're doing it? Again, if we are honest, we kind of have to all raise our hands from time to time that it's hard to do so. There's any number of things that are going on around us. There's any number of things that are going on in our own minds sometimes that prevent us from properly properly partaking of the Lord's Supper, thinking about what we should be thinking about during that time. What about prayer? Our prayer life sometimes struggles. We don't put we don't give the time to prayer. We don't put the effort into prayer. Uh, Even as Brother Jerry mentioned to us last week, I believe it was the week before, about taking the sick list with us, having it with us so that we can pray for those people, so we can pray for this congregation. Are we remembering to pray as we go through our daily life? What about daily Bible reading? Not even just daily Bible reading, but annual Bible reading. Of course, ultimately, if you would do it daily, you can be an annual type of Bible reader. But is that something that you're participating in? Again, sometimes I'll be the first one to turn on the TV or pick up the phone or the computer sometimes at night, maybe for just to give my mind a break, but how much better could I be if I picked up my Bible for a few moments or my class book that I took home with me to study for the next class that we're going to have here. Thinking about studying the Bible and doing so on our own time can be very helpful and important to us. Prayer, attendance, all these things that we can think about can help us when we think about spiritual discipline. If you have your Bibles, look with me in Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. The psalmist says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. You see, a lot of times we wish that that idea of prosperity financially would coincide directly with the prosperity of our soul. We know that's not exactly the case, but are we meditating day and night? Are we considering 
the Word of God as often as we can and in anything that we do. I believe Harris and I were talking the other day. It was a Brother Nichols, I believe it was, that you mentioned. Brother Gus Nichols, that a lot of times would memorize Scripture as he plowed the field, going from one end to the other, quoting a verse, and then adding another verse, and adding another verse, eventually trying to memorize almost the entire Bible or as much as he could. Something as mindless as just plowing a field could be put to effort if we are to remember these spiritual disciplines. Look with me as well at the book of James, James chapter 1 and verse 25. James gives us an important uh, word picture here, if you will, an important idea. James 1.25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. How can we see that our soul prospers? The Bible doesn't make it very difficult for us to understand from some of the passages that we've looked at this evening. James continue on that we are to look in the perfect law of liberty. He doesn't leave us hanging and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. You see, you're with me for what? A couple hours here on Sunday. We're together on Wednesday night. We all walk out those doors and we all go home and it's up to each one of us to remember the spiritual disciplines, the things that we've talked about that we can do. We look into the perfect law of liberty, but none of us can live the life, the Christian life or anybody else, no matter how much we love our spouse or our children or our family or our friends. We can't do it. We have to be a doer of the work. And we will be blessed. Again, it's not like for every verse that you read at home, you get a dollar or anything like that. It's not that same type of parallel that we wish it was sometimes. But we will be blessed. One final passage, James, excuse me, Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 and verse, verses 7 and 8. You recall in Joshua chapter 1, after the death of Moses, this great time of transition here, these things that are about to occur, occur here in the book of Joshua. We all know verse 6. If you went back to Joshua chapter 1, you know verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may, the New King James has our word, prosper. That you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. You see, we find here another biblical principle. Something that goes not only from James there in the New Testament, but all the way back to Joshua through the entire Bible. God makes a promise. We will be blessed. doesn't mean we're not going to have any troubles. It doesn't mean life will be perfect, but we will be blessed. We can prosper when we remember His Word. When we meditate on it day and night. When we do not depart from it from the right hand nor to the left hand. When we think about helping our soul prosper... We need to remember our spiritual disciplines. I'm glad that you're here. I'm thankful that we can be together even just a few hours every week. But may we resolve to go out into the world, out into our daily lives, remembering these spiritual disciplines and practicing them in our life. A couple of thoughts and then the lesson will be yours. One final question for you from the place that we kind of started. 
Think about this for just a moment. What if your physical body reflected the prosperity of your soul? What if your physical body reflected the prosperity of your soul? Would you be the bodybuilder, you know, that's got all the muscles that stands there and can flex in front of everyone? The person who's got the, the, the type of physical body that we oftentimes would long to have in a physical sense with the muscles. and Is that what your body would look like? If that's what your soul looked like? Or might you be poor, decrepit, skinny, weak, brittle in your bones and in your body because of the prosperity of your soul? What kind of person would you look like? Because when we turn that question around and really think about it, that's interesting. Because we can a lot of times put on the mask of hypocrisy. We can put on the suit. We can put on the dress. We can look great. We can drive the fancy car. We can have the big house. But it doesn't tell anybody a thing about our soul or about our heart. You see, when we think about prosperity, material prosperity is determined by family inheritance sometimes. Sometimes it's determined by the profession we choose. Sometimes material prosperity is determined by our wisdom and the use of the money that we have. That's material prosperity. What about our body? A healthy body sometimes comes to one by virtue of our ancestors and our genetics or by vigorous exercise or sometimes by healthy eating. We can affect the prosperity of our body. But... But the prosperity of our soul is dependent upon whether or not we love the truth and we walk in it. If your physical body reflected your soul, what would you look like tonight? We're about to sing this song of encouragement here in just a moment to ask you to consider making a change. If you look at that question and you think, I wouldn't want anybody to look at me. I wouldn't want anybody to see me because my physical body would show someone who is weak or someone who is not strong. Someone who still needs milk and not the meat of the word. If you're here tonight and you're in that type of condition, we'll be singing here in just a moment to encourage you. Perhaps you're here and you've never become a child of God, a Christian. You don't even know what it means to have the opportunity to grow. It's a blessed and a great life. There is the chance to prosper. Sometimes we wish we could prosper materially as we did in our soul, but that's not the case. But it is a blessed life. I look around this room and I see people who have already become dear friends and family just in a few short days, weeks, and and months for us because of the connection that we have. Because it goes beyond our material prosperity because we are talking about the prosperity of our soul every time that we're together. Maybe you're here tonight and you need the encouragement to do that. To make that great commitment to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins so that the Lord will add you to His church. But... Sometimes it's a lot like our physical bodies. We neglect them. We allow them to grow weak. We don't take care of our soul the way that we don't take care of our physical body sometimes. And we fall. And we have problems in our life. And we have sin that enters our life that separates us from God. Thanks be to God this evening that we still have time and opportunity. And maybe you're here tonight. You've made that initial great commitment. But you've allowed your soul to become weak. There's no prosperity there because you have wandered away from God. We'll be singing as well to encourage you that if you need to repent of any sin and pray for forgiveness, that God will forgive you and that you can again walk in the light as he is in the light. Maybe you're here tonight and you're struggling with something else. We would gladly pray with you and for you even this evening 
that you would prosper in your soul. Because that's what really matters. That's what we're here to discuss. That's what we should really care about is the prosperity of our soul. And tonight, whether you need to become a Christian, come back to him or need the prayers, this congregation will be singing to encourage you as we stand together and as we sing. I will sing deep in sin.